All right, church, good morning. How's the family of God doing this morning? Amen. We are a family, are we not? You know, the tagline on our website and on our pens says, a family church. And so if you are here and you are with us, you are part of the family. And when you're part of the family, there is uh, a lot of things come along with the family. (laughs) How many know that to be true? There's good things, there's challenges, but most of all, you're part of a community who loves each other, who cares for each other, who prays for each other, and some of the ladies, I know they, uh, they pray on Tuesday mornings, and they pray before the service, and I haven't read it yet, but she left me a little note that says, this is the specific prayer that I pray for you, meaning me and Liz, every single day. And to know, to be part of a family that prays for me really moves my heart. And so I appreciate that. And I want you all to know that we pray for you. (laughs) We pray for you, we think about you, and we care for you. So if there's something going on in your life, please don't hesitate to tell someone, to bring it up, to bring it forward, to discuss it with someone, to make a phone call to the church, to send us an email. That's what families do, right? We're here for each other. No, none of you should feel like you're out on an island all by yourself, because that's not what we want, okay? Where that came from, I have no idea, but that's what I was supposed to say to me. All right, so let's stand up together. We're going to do a call to worship. I'm going to read out of Psalm 99, the first three verses. And it says this, it says, the Lord reigns. Church, (laughs) praise God that he reigns, that none of us sitting on the throne, because that would be bad. But the Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. How many of you walked in here with an expectation today? And if you did, there ought to be a little bit of trembling in there as well. Because what's he going to do today? What does the Lord want to do today? He dwells between the cherubim. Let the earth be moved. Let the earth be moved. The people tremble and the earth moved. The Lord is great in Zion. The Lord is great in Erie. The Lord is great at Erie Christian Fellowship Church. And he is high above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. Just raise your hands with me this morning. Father, we just thank you, Lord. You are holy. And we do tremble in your presence with a reverence, with a fear of who you are and your goodness, Lord. And the fear is not that we're afraid, but we never want to be separated from you. And so, Lord, when we're in your presence, we tremble because of your power, your goodness, your faithfulness. Lord, you are holy. You are mighty. You are awesome. Father, we lay everything down at your feet this morning. And we worship you. The one true God. We worship you in spirit, and in truth. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's worship.
Church, we were in a leadership prayer meeting the one day, and um, we started praying. And uh, when we got to one of us, it was Pastor Andy, I don't need to hide it. He just said, you know, Lord, I just feel like I need to give you thanksgiving. I just need to give you praise. And he just began giving God thanks and just saying, God, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. And we had been praying for about 10 minutes at that point, five or 10 minutes. And as soon as he began to give God praise out of his mouth, the Holy Spirit began to move. In that little office, there was, well, there may have been some instrumental music playing, but it wasn't the music. It wasn't the words. It was that he was giving God praise. He wasn't even saying anything specific. He just was saying, God, you are worthy. Worthy, I give you thanksgiving, God. I give you praise. I give you praise, Jesus. I magnify the name of Jesus. And as he began to do that, the Holy Spirit began to stir. And then, then our prayers, they got, they changed. It just, God's presence swept in. And then suddenly the prayers that were offered up, they just felt like it was moving mountains. It felt like the words that were being spoken were moving with power and with faith. So church, he is worthy this morning. He is worthy. And I love that because it's like no matter what's going on in my own head at any given moment or my own heart, my own life, Gosh, we're all of us here. We are the church. Pastor Jason started by saying, don't be an island out there. Don't be on your own out there. You are the church. You are the church. And don't just anchor yourself to, to uh, that, the church office. Don't just anchor yourself to these three pastors up here because we are the church. We do not walk alone. We serve a God who is worthy, whatever is going on. No matter how difficult it may be, worthy is the onboard into worship because it doesn't ever change. He is worthy. No matter what's going on in me, I can, it's like my on-ramp. We start singing about he is worthy and it just breaks open everything else because he is worthy. We're going to come to the table of communion this morning and we're going to partake of the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to receive a divine impartation of grace, something that is supernatural. An influx of grace into our lives, into situations where we're going to, we are going to walk in a supernatural level of grace because we remember Jesus, because we bring into today what he did and we partake of it. We partake of it. We feed on it. The, the elements on the plate are gluten-free. You're going to come down the aisles and you're going to take the, your elements and circle back to your seats and hold on to them because Pastor Jason's going to come up and uh, we're going to partake of the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus today. And we're going to do it as a family. We're going to do it as one church because he is worthy. Because he is worthy. This morning as I was getting ready for church, this wasn't in my spirit time, it wasn't when I was kneeling before him or reading the Bible, I was just literally just walking around the house getting ready, and the Lord just told me, he said this, he said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. And I think too often we try to categorize, we try to put a box around God based on our own thoughts and the way we would handle a situation or we would do something or deal with something or how someone loves us or doesn't love us. 
and he just kept impressing upon it. And I forgot about it for a while, and then he reminded me again. And I forgot about it again, and then as we were driving here, the Lord said, I want you to share that at communion. Now I want to read it. It's out of Isaiah 55. Starting in verse 8, it says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. He just impressed upon that on my heart this morning, that as we take communion, that we would have that divine revelation of his grace, but also that he is not like us. <laughs> he is not one of us. He is not like us. We are created in his image, but he is God. And he moves and works in ways that sometimes we don't understand, that we can't comprehend or grasp. But whatever situation that you walked in with today, as we take communion, I want your heart to be settled that his ways are not your ways and his thoughts are not your thoughts. And he wants you to trust him this morning. To trust him this morning. And when we take communion and we celebrate Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf to remember that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Let's bring before him this morning any and all things that have burdened your heart this week. We're just going to release them to him. Lord, we just release all the stuff in our life. We release to you our striving, our trying to figure it out. Lord, we thank you for wisdom, but Lord, we thank you that your ways are not our ways and your thoughts are not our thoughts. So Lord, as we partake in these elements, this representation of the grace that you've made available to us. We lay everything at your feet and we say thank you. And we do it in worship this morning because you are worthy. You are worthy. Bible says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. We had given thanks. He broke and he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. 
Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you drink this bread eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes let us partake Father we worship you Jesus, we worship you. You are worthy of our praise. Lord, we thank you. We give it all to you today. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Stand with me as we continue to worship. The altars are open. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I love when we get a little bit of a glimpse of what heaven might be like, like a little crumb, a little taste of worshiping the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. I listened to a minister um, recently describe uh, like a ma- the manifest presence of God in a service he was in, and it, he said it sounded like a jet engine. And the wind blew like there was a jet engine. And the security from around the building, it wasn't a church building. It was like a a conference center. So it was just their security went running into the building to see what was going on. He said, and people just began to scream, scream, because the presence of God was moving upon the people. And when we magnify Jesus, when we lift our hands and we step out of our own selves, our own thoughts, we just lay it all down and we, we lift him up. We are just partnering with all of heaven. Yes. And God is pleased. He inhabits the praises of his people. just keep hearing the Lord just I don't know if somebody needs to hear it maybe it's just me but uh, Jesus doesn't go away he's not gonna leave you he doesn't ever leave like it it doesn't matter what you've done where you've gone he doesn't leave he will never leave you he's always right there his faithfulness he loves you so much. But just take heart that he never will leave you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's got a scripture out of Psalm 118 to close this time out. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. So, Father, we just thank you 
for your love, for your mercy, for your compassion. Lord, that you never leave us, you never forsake us, and that nothing can separate us from your love. Father, we just thank you for that today. Nor height, nor depth. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, one last thing. The Lord would say, you are not lost. You are not lost. You are not lost. Like search and rescue, I will always come. I will always find you because you are never lost to me. You are not lost, says the Lord. It's a lie you are believing, that you are lost in a wilderness, that you've lost your way. But I declare over you this morning, says the Lord, you are not lost to me. I will raise you up and I will set your feet on a rock. I will not let you fall. And God says, my son. So I don't know who he's talking to. He says, my son, my son, my son, my son. Run to me, my son, says the Lord of hosts. I want you. My son, hear my voice this morning. I want you. You've never been lost to me. My son, my son, return to my arms, for I have longed for you. I have cried out for you, my son. Soften your heart and come into my come into my heart. I have prepared a place for you. It has always been for you. My son, my son, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I don't, I don't know who it is either, but he, he wants you free. He has something this morning to set you free from. And I heard it all through. And when you came up, I was like, okay, Lord, I will go up there. Not only does he see you, he sees your pain. He sees what you're going through. And the only reason it won't stop is because you won't bring it to him. You need to get on your knees and bring it to Jesus because he wants to set you free from whatever you got going on today. And the same thing that you're speaking is the same person I'm speaking, and I don't know who you are, but Jesus is here today to set you free from whatever you got going on in your life. And it took two of us to tell you this, so this is serious. Release, 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 says the Lord. Release, says the Lord. Thank you, Joanna. Hallelujah. Isn't God awesome? Isn't he wonderful? I don't know about any of you, but I have been that person. I have been that one lost person sitting there thinking, gosh, I am such a mess. 
I am, I am such a mess if these people even knew I've been the person. And God was faithful. He is faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I, I just give you praise. Father, we give you praise. God, because when you speak to one among us, God, you edify us all. You speak to every heart. Father, and there is a son here this morning who is being reconciled to your heart. There is a son here this morning who is being set free, whose faith is being restored in Jesus' name, whose strength is coming back to him this morning in Jesus' name. And what you do for one, God, you do for all. We praise you this morning, God, because you are our restorer. You are our father, because your heart has a place for us, God. We are your church. God, we are your church, and you are the head of us. And we run to you this morning, God. We run to your heart this morning. Because you've called to one, we will all run into your heart this morning. Father, because you've promised freedom to one as he releases it to you, God, we all release unto you, Jesus. God, we release it all to you, God. Every heavy thing, every place of pain, every pool of tears, every broken heart, we release it to you, God. And we trust you, Father. We trust you, Father. You are our restorer. You are the redeemer. You are our healer this morning, God. And when you cry out to a son of the church, you cry out to the church. Thank you, God, and thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you. And we speak Jesus. We enthrone the name of Jesus over every heart, over every mind, over every spirit, over every soul, over every tongue, every marriage, every family, every person. We speak Jesus this morning. We speak Jesus this morning over every situation. We speak Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, I drove to church this morning expecting. I drove to church this morning. I was going to put on a playlist and worship because I needed, I needed to, you know, I needed Jesus. And he said, just pray in the spirit. And I say, yes, Lord, and just pray in the spirit. Just pray in the spirit. I came expecting this morning. Because I had nothing. You know, <laughs> I think you guys know this by now. <laughs> we, come, we come to every leadership prayer meeting. We come to every day at work as your pastors. We come to every Sunday morning service, and we lay ourselves down and say, Lord, you know what we got. <laughs> we, bring, we put on Jesus. In him, in him, all things. We have all things. We are the redeemed of the Lord, the righteousness of God in Christ. In Jesus. All right. We're going to go into a time of greeting now. Um, 
There's a couple things that happen during this time. Tithes and offerings can be brought up to the buckets that are up here. The connection cards, if you're a guest on the seat backs, connection cards can be filled out with your information, with prayer requests, praise reports, email addresses, and those can come up and be put in the tithe and offering buckets. Um, ECF Littles Ministry, ages four, five, and six, is dismissed to the Littles room. Nursery is open. Kid Corner is open. Um, If you're an ECF kid, you know the drill. If you're a guest, Kid Corner um, is for ages seven and up. Just have some fun and great stuff to help them focus and enjoy the rest of the service. Am I forgetting anything? try to do it shorter this time. There's always a lot of logistics. Let's greet one another. Let's love on one another and connect with one another. And then we'll call you back or we'll get everyone back in order in about five, eight minutes. Check, check, check. It's time for announcements. Who's ready? Woohoo! It's the most wonderful time of the year. Announcement time. All right, so first announcement is going to come from our wonderful piano player, Jake. How's everybody doing? Good to hear. So I have some exciting news. I have been going to Mercyhurst for almost four years now for music education. And a big part of that is in our senior year, in the semester, we want to display and show for all the people that we care about what we've been learning and what we've been working on. And that will actually be happening, my senior recital, this upcoming Sunday, Sunday, November 13th, at Mercyhurst University. So, of course, everybody here is welcome to come. It is free. Again, I repeat, it is free and open to the public. But Sunday, November 13th at 7 p.m., Mercyhurst University, specifically in Walker Recital Hall. As far as directions for that goes, I'll see if I can do my best interpretation of that. But... (laughs) So, Mercyers, when you're coming in the front gates, we'll post it. Perfect. We'll do that. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's free and open to the public. You're more than welcome to come out. But, yeah, I'd love to see you all there. Awesome. Yeah. So let's, uh, if you can make it, let's go and support Jake. And, uh, yeah, he he will give us the directions. And maybe, Sid, we can, like, throw it up on Facebook and uh, Instagram. And, um, or you can email myself, and uh, we will get you the information on how to get to Walker something or other. Walker, okay. (laughs) All right, uh, just a couple other announcements for today. Um, The Carter Small Group, um, we have, they have changed their time to start instead of at 6 p.m. to 6.30. So if you attend that group, uh, you probably already know, go at 6.30. Um, There is space for still four to six Chet, yes, four to six more people that they can um, host at their home. So if you're interested in joining a small group, uh, the Carter Group is available to you. They have a great time, and they meet twice a month um, at 6.30 and uh, fellowship and talk about the things that uh, we're actually speaking about here on Sunday morning. So it's really exciting. So check that out. The next announcement we've been talking about it is Breakthrough Weekend. So... Breakthrough Weekend, if you haven't registered, you can hop onto the website and register, BreakthroughErie.com. We do have these cards on the back table, and you can pick one up, scan the uh, little square, I forget what you call them, QR code, um, or go to the website and register. 
It's $20 per person, $30 for a family, and it is happening this Friday and this Saturday. So it's a Friday evening and an all-day Saturday, and uh, it is a bunch of local churches all coming together um, to just worship the Lord and um, take some time for with the conference to just get together, unify, and uh, draw closer to the Lord. Um, but definitely check it out. We're all going to be there, uh, well, the pastoral staff and um, our church, New Beginnings and Erie First are kind of the three that are um, the core churches that are kind of arranging this. So make sure to do that. And then the third thing is next Sunday, right after Breakthrough Weekend, we are having a multi-church, one church service at Erie First. So our church, uh, New Beginnings and Erie First are all going to go there. So if you come here next Sunday, there will not be anybody here. So it's at 10 a.m. It's up there. Just make your way up to uh, Erie First. And I'm really looking looking forward to um, this opportunity to gather as one church and um, just really see unity in the body of Christ in Erie County. So I'm very excited. So please, uh, yeah, go there next Sunday. Love that graphic. <clears throat> Sid, leave that up for a second. One body, one city, one bride, one king, one church. Amen? So true. And I think we get sometimes a little too wrapped up in theological differences between all the different churches and all the things going on. But God's heart truly is for unity within the body of Christ. It's all throughout Paul's letters. You can read it all through the New Testament. It happens over and over and over again. So we're going to actually live it out. We're going to do it. Instead of reading about it and talking about it, sometimes we have to take some action on it. Amen? And so we're going to take some action, and we're going to be bold enough to put a sign on our door and says, let's go join up at another church, uh, and we're going to do one big church service together. Uh, and I think that's taking a step of faith that God is moving uh, in our area. Amen? How many noticed a few things when they came in today? Anybody notice anything? Well, there's two things I'd like to point out. Uh, number one, we've got some new signs on campus. I don't know if you saw those or not, but when you came in, uh, we partnered with Leadership Christian Academy, which is the fantastic school that resides here. We've got 115 students uh, coming this year, and it's just an amazing academy. Five of our kids go there as well, and they're doing such a great job. But if you'd noticed, there was nowhere at the main entrance that it said Leadership Christian Academy. It, like... You didn't know it existed here. You could see it on a sign down on the property, but where is Leadership Christian Academy? And so we partnered with the school. Uh, we kind of split the cost and said, you know what? It's time to get Leadership Christian Academy posted on our main sign. And so we took the opportunity to redesign the sign. It's no longer blue, uh, but it kind of matches with the building. So the main sign out there got changed. Some of our directional signs <clears throat> and the sign above the main entrance also got changed and everything matches and coordinates. So we're really excited about that. And then how many of you noticed a couple shoe boxes on your way in? That's probably what you thought I was going to say. Probably you've driven here so many times you drove right by the sign and probably didn't notice it. That's what happens, right? However, I noticed it because we were part of designing the new sign. But those shoe boxes, so let me say a couple things. This is for Operation Christmas Child. Uh, the, this church, as a church family, again as a family, we packed 360 boxes for children all over the world that not only, and I told my kids, we came to the packing party yesterday, 
I said, kids, you have to realize you're putting soap, pencils, a water bottle, socks. These are things that these children do not have. And we are going to bless them with that and show them the practical love of Jesus and then be able to present the gospel message, not us personally, but the OCC Operation Christmas Child. And so I want to say thank you to the team. I'm not sure any of the team members are here today, uh, but thank you to the team who worked all year long coordinating, purchasing, gathering, counting, preparing so that some of us could come to a packing party and feel super excited to be a part of something. But those ladies really did the majority of the work throughout the year, so we just want to say thank you to them. Give them a hand. Maybe they're watching online. <clears throat> Maybe they're resting from activities this weekend and packing those. Uh, and what I want to do is, in a minute here, I want to pray over those boxes as well. Uh, we prayed over them yesterday. But I want to pray and just envision 360 young kids who've never heard the gospel, who don't even have socks to wear, that they will receive these boxes and change their life forever for the Lord. Amen? And then as, as I pray here in a minute, I also want to pray over the elections. How many of you guys know that Tuesday is election day? Uh, it's actually the second Tuesday in November, only because the first Tuesday in November was the first. Okay, so don't be confused. You didn't miss it. It's going to be November 8th, which is a Tuesday. Uh, we do have voter guides in the lobby. Uh, that kind of answer some critical questions uh, that we think are important. And so those are in the lobby on the column right there. Uh, if you want to pick those up on the way out, uh, they're mostly based on, oh, they're all Pennsylvania state uh, elections. So the governor, governor's election, as well as the U.S. Senate, uh, and then the U.S. representatives is up, and then a couple local races as well for the PA Assembly and PA Senate, I think, are both. Maybe one or, one or both of those are happening uh, on Tuesday. So again, just please go out and vote, uh, pray, let the Lord lead, and if you need some voter guides to help you guide your way, uh, they're out there as well. Okay, so uh, one scripture I have for us out of Genesis 14, I want to pray, then pray for our offering, it says, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram, of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And as I read it, it just what popped out to me is that really giving and offering is an act of worship, guys. It's an act of worship. That's why we say you want to continue to worship the Lord with our giving. We say that phrase or that wording for a purpose because giving is an act of worship. We don't have to give it. God commands us to do it, but we still have a choice, do we not? We have a choice whether or not to give. And we know all the other verses. It's you know, more blessed to give than to receive. And God loves a choy, uh, joyful giver and all those verses. But here it's just understanding that giving is an act of worship. And that we acknowledge when we give and we worship him that he is our provider. He is the Jehovah Jireh. He is provider. Not my job, not my boss, not the government, not anything else, but him and him alone. He is our provider. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for blessing this church, Lord, with some new landscaping recently, some new signs, Father God, that you are the trees that we've got planted, Lord, that you are just bringing life 
life, life, a new thing to this church, Father God, and this campus and this school. Father, we just lift them all up to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. Father, we just pray a blessing over these elections coming up, Lord. Father, that, Lord, your will will be done, and we know that, Lord. So we just pray, Father God, for every leader, every election, Father God, we bring it before you. Father, we say have your will, Lord. And, Lord, we just know how important these elections are to your heart as well, Lord. So we just pray and have a special blessing over this Tuesday, Lord. And, Father, we just lift up these boxes to you. 360 children that you made, your precious, beautiful creations. Father, we send these boxes out. We send them out. We impart upon them. We commission them, Father God, to do the work in which they were intended to do. Lord, that you would reach the specific person, that every box, you know already which child, where they're at, what they're doing at this moment, who is going to receive that box. And Father, that as they receive it, as they understand and see joy of the Lord, as they understand and see that you love them and care for them, and as they hear the gospel message, Lord, that their hearts will turn to you. Lord, that the reports will come back that many, many, many will be saved through this ministry, through these boxes in particular, Lord, and all the boxes that are going out from all churches all around the world, Lord. We just pray a blessing over them today. Father, we just pray a blessing over every gift, every giver, over our tithes and our offerings today, Lord, and that you would bless this message, that we would hear and understand you more today. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay, guys, we are in a series called The Believer's Authority. Um, and as I was uh, talking to Pastor Andy a little bit, and actually, Doug, you sent a note out this morning uh, to the softball team, uh, the men. It seems as though this topic is what the Lord wants to speak on all across his church. And it excites me that the Lord spoke to us as a leadership team and said, here's what I want you to, to talk about and share with. But it's not just us. It's not just Erie Christian Fellowship Church. It's churches all across America and the world. God is really speaking this so we can understand this. And the only reason why I can think is, one, God is he's awesome and he's amazing. He wants his church to be unified and with one message across the globe. <clears throat> so that's excellent. But two, I believe he's reminding us of these truths because we need to operate in them. And that we're in a time and a place and a season and a life and a city and everything that he is calling upon his believers to step up in the authority in which he has given them to operate in and to take the authority over things that are happening in their families, in their lives, in their workplaces, in their cities, in their churches, and everywhere that they go. And I can imagine, I always think of God's kingdom as like this army. There's a lot of different analogies you can use, but imagine... Imagine if millions and millions and millions and millions of Christians were walking around in the authority that God has given them. Do you think for a moment that the demons could hold on any longer and have strongholds and have chains any longer? I believe not because there's power in the name of Jesus and there's power in unity and there's power when we operate together 
and you say, I don't understand how one plus one equals more than that, when we operate in the kingdom, well, it does. When God brings together and God unifies, he is a multiplying God, not an addition God. He's a multiplying God. And I just believe that as we gather together, and as we, as Erie Christian Fellowship Church and this church family, learns about this and begins to operate more in it and other churches around, we just begin to move heaven and earth with God's authority that he's given us. Amen? Amen. So key scripture here, I want to talk about this for a moment. And then I want to pick up where we left off. If you remember last week, I said we have seven questions that we need to ask in our own lives if it seems... Like when we use the name of Jesus and we said it and we spoke it, that something seemed to not happen immediately in the physical realm. And I think it's important that we can look through the Bible and see and understand there is reasons why, we, you know, you can't just, look, last night, I'm a Philadelphia Phillies fan. Everyone said, oh, they lost the World Series last night. You know, I couldn't stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, The Philadelphia Phillies are going to win game six tonight. And it was like, like, I wanted to, but I was like, hey, Jason, you know, what about the the message series you're doing? You know, that's not in the word of God. It didn't say that the Philadelphia Phillies were going to win the World Series in 2022. So I can't stand there and claim in the name of Jesus that the World Series was going to be won by the Philadelphia Phillies. I wanted to, but I didn't. Well, it didn't happen either, so, you know, uh, there's no correlation there, okay? Because it's not in the Word of God, and so we begin to start at what are the things we have to look out for or questions we have to ask. But here's the base scripture that we're on. Mark 16, verse 70, and these signs will follow those who believe. These signs, the five signs I'm going to talk about, they they should be following us. Wherever we go, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our relationships, in our families, everywhere that we go, in the grocery store, these signs should be following us. It says this, in my name, they will cast out demons. I know you're all looking, somebody says, I'm really looking forward to the message in the series when you tell us exactly how to cast out demons. I can tell you it's actually not all that complicated, but I'll make a message out of it for you all. And I'll talk about it a little bit. It's actually not all that hard. Okay, been there, done that, and it's an amazing thing. But we'll go through that. So uh, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Church, how many of you know that our fleshly tongue (laughs) is not the tongue that we need to be using in this day ever, but in this day and age? Bible says that there is power in what we speak. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and I'm choosing life in the power of the tongue to those things that need to have life brought to them. And actually, there's some things that need to die and need to go in the name of Jesus, and we will speak those as well. Verse 18 says, and they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Talking about danger, both naturally and accidental in this world. We'll get to those in a, in a future time. And it says, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Come on, church. Amen. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. 
I don't know about you, and, and actually the nurses and doctors in this room would probably agree with me, is the medical system is not our hope and savior. And as we move closer and closer, Lori, sorry, as we move closer and closer to these end times and Jesus is returning, it's going to be more and more chaotic. And we cannot put our hope and our faith and our trust in the medical system. And there's going to be times where you can't get to the hospital. There's all kinds of stuff. We don't know what's going to happen. But these signs will follow us. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So I'm looking forward to that following me everywhere that I go. Amen? Amen. So what is authority? So what's a believer? I just want, we'll just review these real quick. Anyone who holds a strong, and I put in parentheses here, unwavering belief in the truth of something. So those who believe in Jesus, you have a strong, unwavering belief that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, walked on this earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for your sins, and defeated the grave on the third day and rose again. You believe that. You believe it so much, you're staking your future on it. Right? Somebody says, did you know where you'll go you know, if you would die today? And those who believe say, I absolutely know where I would go if something happened to me today. I know that I'll go to heaven. And if you're sitting here today and you're like, well, I'm like 96% sure, then you do not have yet an unwavering belief that Jesus Christ came and died for your sins. And don't you leave here today without coming and talking to somebody and saying, I, I have some doubt and unbelief. I I don't want that anymore. I have to remove that. And a lot of times it's our thoughts and our thinking and our logic. And I was talking with Becky, you know, we put God in this box and we say, well, how is that possible? And I don't understand death and cremation and how is God going to raise these bodies up and I just can't get it in my head. I don't understand. Stop trying to put them in a box. Stop trying to think in your own carnal mind how Jesus' return and how the people who are dead are going to rise with Christ and they're going to be floating in the air and I don't understand. And what about the clouds? I mean, we do. We get ourselves wrapped up in trying to figure it all out. But the believing is unwavering belief. I may have a thought that says, I don't quite know. There's unwavering belief that he is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he will do. You believe in that truth. And the believer's authority, in order to take the authority and use it and operate in it, you have to believe unwaveringly that this is an authority that God has given you and operate to operate in. Then authority is this delegated power, the right to command and enforce obedience. I talked about the police officer last week. <clears throat> and then power is defined as the ability to act or produce strength. And so what I really felt is before Breakthrough Weekend, which, you know, we'll take a one-week break from this series, I just felt that I had to talk to you guys about what happens when we say the name of Jesus and what we say and speak over doesn't happen in the physical realm immediately. Because how many of you know 
if you've been alive forever, you know, in any moment of time, whether it's a few days or as of being a Christian, you know that when you pray and you say in the name of Jesus, that thing doesn't always happen absolutely immediately. You're like, well, I, I took authority and I said the name of Jesus and it was scriptural and I said it, but it didn't see it happen right away. What is going on? Well, first, I want to tell you what I said last week is when we use the name of Jesus and we understand and believe the power and the authority behind it, it is working. Okay? It is working. God is moving. And even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. But if you look at, like, Paul's life in the Bible, he had a thorn in the flesh. He had issues. He was put in prison. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He didn't walk around with a life saying, in the name of Jesus, whoop. In the name of Jesus, the ship's not going to get ready. In the name of... No, he didn't... I mean, it wasn't working that way. And how many of you know life doesn't work that way? You can't just walk around and in the name of Jesus, everything that you want to see happen your way and expect that it just happens. Oh, look at that. Well, here was another super easy day in my life. I just said the word in the name of Jesus every single time I opened my mouth and everything worked out perfectly all the time. My wife and I, we didn't even get into an argument or a fight today. It was wonderful. But that's not life. The Bible says, the Bible says in this world you will have trouble. And at the end of that verse, it doesn't say unless you use the name of Jesus. It says in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have come and overcome the world. So we have to continue to put our eyes on Jesus, use the name of Jesus, believe that it is working, but we may not see it operate immediately. And we have to begin to ask ourselves these questions. Why? Why not? So we started looking at these questions last week. And I will just recap for those who weren't here. There are seven questions to ask when it seems like nothing happened in the physical realm. Seven questions that. And the goal is, as you ask yourself these questions, you need to be able to say, can I say no to every one of these? Okay? The answer you want for all of these is no. Okay? And that's kind of the goal of what we're going to do. So the first question we challenged last week was, does it go against the word of God? Does it go against the word of God? So are you in the name of Jesus saying, the, the World Series, Game 6, right? I mean, it's a silly example. We use about, like, you're talking about your boss last week or whatever. All these things that we want to say, we want to do, but is it backed by the Scripture? Is it backed by, because God can't go against himself, so you can't, in the name of Jesus, I want a million dollars in my bank account tomorrow, and then be frustrated when you check your bank account and it's not there. Because in the Bible, it doesn't say you get to, in the name of Jesus, a million dollars in your bank account tomorrow. It says he will provide for every need. He will take care of you. You don't have to worry. That's what it says. And so those are the scriptures that we base upon when we use the name of Jesus. And so I wanted to, I'm going to walk through these questions as I am personally dealing with something. And I'll share it with you. Um, I shared it a little bit last week. I'm going to walk through these questions as I do it. Is I've been challenged recently with sleep apnea. And I had it a while back. It went away for a long time. And it recently started coming back again. And I was 
kind of a little bit taken back by it. I was frustrated by it. And if you remember last week, it came upon me and I said, in the name of Jesus, sleep apnea, you have to go. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. And I quoted the scripture and it went away. Well, guess what happened two nights ago and last night? Attack, 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 attack. I could barely fall asleep last night. I was up to whatever time, because if you've ever dealt with something like this, when you fall asleep and you wake up suddenly without being able to breathe, like, that's not fun. That's not cool. Like, I was not happy with that. And, I, you know, I first, my first thought was, but I said in the name of Jesus, what's going on? Right? Well, why did it come back? What is going on? What's happening? And so the Lord was just like, well, you have seven questions. Why don't you start walking through them and asking yourself, what's going on? What is happening here? So the first one I had asked myself was, does it go against the word of God? And my answer was, no, it doesn't. God wants me to sleep well. And there's a lot of scriptures that say so. And so I'm going to read those out. I'm going to base it off of those things. Yes. Okay. Is there any doubt and unbelief present? This was the second question. Is there any doubt and unbelief present in my heart? And we dug into this one quite deeply last week, and I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. But we talked about being double-minded and understanding, like, hey, I be, on the unwavering part of being a believer in the believer's authority. Is there any bit of doubt or unbelief in my heart that when I use the name of Jesus and I speak something, do I really, really believe that God is going to do that. And how many of you know, you know, you know whether or not you really believe or not, right? There are situations I've been in when, you know, I say, you know, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will take this fever away from Ruby in Jesus' name. And in my heart, I actually didn't believe that it was going to happen that, that, like that. And guess what? It didn't, it didn't happen like that. I mean, it happened exactly the way I was actually believing, and so in my heart, we have to ask ourselves, is there any, any doubt or unbelief? And you just can't say, oh, no, I have no doubt. You have to search your heart. You have to get before the Lord and say, Lord, do I have any doubt and unbelief in my heart regarding this situation? And you want to be able to say no, but it's actually harder than you think. And how do we build our faith? By hearing and hearing the word of God. We have to build our faith so that when the waves come and the doctor's report comes and the situation comes and the bank account looks the way it looks, you have to stand in belief, not unwavering, knowing that Jesus is moving and he is working even if I don't see it and even if I don't feel it. And when we begin to doubt and we have unbelief, we're actually stopping the ability for in the name of Jesus to be able to operate in its full authority. Okay, that was last week. Then the last one we talked about last week, and then just as a keynote, you know if you believe or not, by you have to ask yourself some questions. You listen to yourself. What are the words that are coming out of my mouth? Listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. You know whether you believe or not by how you speak and what you say. And I'll tell you, last night, I was begging the Lord to take the sleep apnea away, and I knew in my heart I actually didn't believe that he was going to take it away that evening right away. 
Because I started begging him. Oh, Lord, I don't know if you heard me or not, Ben. I was sitting there going, oh, Lord, please. <laughs> Jesus, oh, God, please. We've done that. We've all done that. It's okay to cry out to the Lord, but you can't stay there. Church, you can't stay there. You have to, you have to say, Lord, I don't believe at the moment fully and 100%. Help me to get there, Lord. Help me to get there, Jesus. I need to read scriptures on it more. I need to get in the word. I need to speak and pray in my prayer language. I need to speak in tongues over the situation. Because a lot of times, you don't know what to say. You don't know why you're not believing, but you have a sense that you don't believe. And you have to begin to use your prayer language, which edifies you, builds you up, and speaks what the Spirit wants to say and wants to happen at the moment. Okay. Is there a lack of love and compassion was the last one we looked at last week. And Pastor Andy did a great job on, his, on the two messages he gave regarding this. But basically what he said, that awakened love awakens the believer's authority. And so we have to operate and walk in love and compassion for others and also for ourselves. Amen. Come on, church. Also for ourselves to see the full operation of the believer's authority in our life. This works in our own life. And you've, you've heard it before. There's research that bitterness, unforgiveness, all these are actually healing blockers in your own life. And I think my point here is, is if you are walking in bitterness and unforgiveness and God wants to deal with that in your life, you can't just in the name of Jesus something out of the way. Come on, church. When God, and we're going to get into this a little bit more. When God wants to deal and do something in your life, and he wants to pull back some onion layers and get into some of the real stinky stuff in our life, you can't just in the name of Jesus something away because he wants to do something deeper. He doesn't want you to walk in bitterness and unforgiveness anymore. Okay, so that's that, that question. Is there a lack of love and compassion? All right, the new first question for today, this would be question number four. Is there a lack of patience? Come on, guys. I said in the name of Jesus two seconds ago and nothing happened. See, told you. Yep, told you. I knew it. So you're already walking in doubt and unbelief, right? And it says, the Bible says in Romans 12, 12 it says, Re rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. This is Paul writing. Paul didn't just, in the name of Jesus, every problem away immediately in his life. He told us to be patient in the tribulation. Oh. But I don't want it anymore. I want it to go. Well, he's working and doing something that we, don't, we can't grasp just yet, but he's working on it. It says in 1 Timothy 6, now godliness with contentment is great gain. You mean I got to be content in my circumstance? Yeah, you can be upset and be like, come on, this is not right. This is, these are forces that I'm speaking against. But it says for us to be content. And then we get great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing and all these things, we shall be content. What does great gain look like to me? Barns overflowing, healing happening, a testimony we can share. That's the great gain. That's great gain in our lives. But he says to be content as the Lord is moving and working and doing how he wants to do it. We don't get to choose how God is going to fix our problem. Come on, church. 
We think we want it fixed. Well, we want it done right away, right? This question is, is, is there a lack of patience? You'd want to answer no to it. But in many times in our life, there is lack of patience. In, this, in the Western world where we live in, like, we are not patient about anything. Like, nothing. My channel, when I was flipping on Thursday nights, World Series game was on and the Eagles game was on. When I would flip channels back and forth, it was like a half a second delay. It's like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Why is it moving so slow? I don't even understand. I want to be able to click, immediately see that game. Ooh, okay, he's batting. I'm going to go back to the football game. There's a play. I'm going to go back to the baseball game and watch this thing. And like, I want to be able to go like this. I mean, I want these games to be moving back and forth, back and forth. I don't have picture in picture. I couldn't watch them both at the same time. Okay? I, honest to goodness, was frustrated. And the Lord was like, wow. <laughs> Patience, anyone? Right? But we, I mean, it's just like, man, it's like in, when we, we have a situation in our life, and if it doesn't get resolved like hot tail immediately, right now, we're like, oh, is God even real? <laughs> Honestly, does he even love me at all? Like, we do. We get these things like, is there a lack of patience? I have it. Last night in the sleep apnea, I was like, I was like, unbelievable, unbelievable. I'm supposed to preach tomorrow morning, and I can't even fall asleep without losing my breath. Like, this was my hard attitude, guys, last night. And we all have these things that happen in our life, right? And we're just like, what is going on? What is happening in my life? And we just, we, we, church, we give up too soon. It kind of goes back to this doubt and unbelief. It's like we... We, we don't really, when we don't see it work right away, and we don't have the patience for it, we begin to doubt. Like, the, psh, you know, always happens to me. Right? You know, I mean, you have to watch those words, right? If you walk around and say, oh, I knew that was going to happen. It always happens to me. Like, you're not walking in this belief and in the patience that the Lord is moving and working, loves you, and is working on your behalf. So don't give up too soon. The next question. I have no idea what number. I think number five. Am I on number five? Okay. Is this really the devil? Yeah, I got a couple ouches. I got, this was an ouch for me too, right? Because if you look at that last scripture, we said that we, we looked at this slide, we have power over all the power of the enemy. And I think sometimes in our life, we assign things to the devil, that's just a flat-out consequence of sin in our own life. Come on, guys. This happens in our own life. We live in a fallen world. We have all the power over the devil, but guess what? When we walk in sin and there's consequences to our sin, we don't get to just, in the name of Jesus, all the consequences away. That wasn't the devil. It was you. It was your flesh. You're not possessed by the devil. You decided to do that. You decided to act that way. You decided to treat your spouse that way. And guess what? You're in a fight. In the name of Jesus, I command this fight to stop. You started it with your stupid words. You don't get to, in the name of Jesus, the sin away. Right? And you can pray and you can pray to the Lord. You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. 
There's things we have to go do, but we, as a church, we put too much, we give this dude too much credit. Oh, it's the devil. Oh, it's the devil made me do it. It's the devil made me. And granted, there are situations and times that we'll look at the demon possession and, and oppression and how to work through that and get that out of our lives because it can happen even to Christians. Don't panic. We'll get through all that. It's going to be okay, okay? But what I'm saying is, is we, we give the devil too much credit for stuff. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death. Not Satan. It's the wages of our own sin that causes death. So not everything is Satan all the time. Bad weather happens. Right? And we have situations, and Rich has a testament, I have testimony, and there are certain situations in which the Lord is moving and working, and the Holy Spirit calls upon us to change a weather pattern for a certain reason, and honest to goodness, God does it. He does it. Ask Camille. I mean, she's seen it happen lots of times, but it doesn't mean you all can stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, Hurricane Ian's not going to hit Florida. It did. There are many people praying that it did. You say, well, why not? Well, guys, we live in a fallen world. And there are storms that happen and bad things do happen in this world because of sin and because it's a fallen world. And it just makes us say, I can't wait till Jesus comes back. I can't wait till Jesus comes back. But if we have all the power over the enemy, there are things, though, in this natural world in which we live in that we just can't, in the name of Jesus, them away. Just like that. You know, I heard a funny uh, comedian one time, and this is, I think this is a, a great way to end this portion of it, is he said, he was, he was doing his stand-up, he said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, take this Cheeto and turn it into a carrot as I put it into my mouth, and may it have the same nutrition as a carrot as I swallow this yummy Cheeto into my stomach, in Jesus' name. Guys, you can't eat a billion Cheetos and eat no carrots and then ask yourself why you're not feeling very well. In the name of Jesus, I command this stomach ache to go. Well, what did you have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? You're like, well, I had Cheetos for breakfast and Cheetos for lunch and Cheetos for dinner. So I don't understand why my stomach is, is upset. Come on, right? We do this to ourselves. That wasn't the devil. That was you eating the Cheetos. You did it. You did it. I did it, right? And so I asked myself the question on the sleep apnea thing. I say, Lord, is there something I need to change? Is there something I'm doing? Am I eating something that I shouldn't be eating before bed? Am I drinking something I shouldn't be drinking? What is, is there anything, Lord, that I'm doing it may not be a demon trying to get me not to sleep. Maybe it's just something I'm eating. And there's a pattern that every time I do it, I'm having a sleep down here. So I asked the Lord that question last night. I don't have an answer yet. But I'm working on it. I'm going to have victory on this thing in Jesus' name. And he's leading me in the process of it. I wish it, everything just was done. But it's not always that way. So is it really the devil? we got to ask that question. The next one, number six. 
Is the Lord requiring something more from me? Mm. What do I mean by this? Sometimes, even though Jesus' disciples had power over all the enemy, they tried to cast a demon out, and it didn't come out. And Jesus explained to them, why not? He said, one, you don't have total, complete belief, but in this case, something more was required. Look at Matthew 17, verse 19. I'm going to read 19 through 20. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast this one out? What happened? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. So first of all, he addresses, they have some unbelief still. So that was part of the problem. But assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. So Jesus addresses right away, there's some doubt and unbelief. But he says, however... This one, this kind, this one, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. What is prayer and fasting? Seeking the Lord, getting in front of the Lord, doing the spiritual disciplines of abstinence, saying, Lord, I'm putting everything aside, I'm putting my flesh aside, because sometimes the Lord wants to do something different in you. He's working on something in you. And he's saying he's requiring something more from you, from me. Meaning, hey, you know, I, I said in the name of Jesus and this thing didn't work or operate. Lord, are you asking me to do something deeper and more with you? Are you asking me to get on my knees before you? Are you asking me to fast, to put something aside, to say, Lord, I want to go deeper with you? Because guess what? He wants you to go deeper with him. He'd rather have you do that than fix your problem immediately. Come on. He would rather have you be praying and fasting and digging into his word and who he is and learning more about him than just fixing your problem just like that. Boom. There you go. You're not going to grow that way, guys. You don't, there's no growth in that. Fixing all of your problems right away doesn't provide growth. But seeking him. Prayer. Fasting, deeper with him. So we have to ask ourselves that question. Lord, do you, are you requiring something more of me in this situation? And then the last one here, Jake, if you want to come up. Is the Holy Spirit working in a different way? And it's something we have to ask and rest, rest in and ask the Lord. Are you, Holy Spirit, are you working in a different way? Because we've said over and over and over again... That the goal is hope. And here's what I'm learning is God, and Pastor Liz and I have talked about this quite a bit. God doesn't just change who you are like that to fix a circumstance in your life. He wants to use who you are. The situations and the circumstances, how bad they might have been, and the issues you had in your life growing up. He wants to be able to use those and mold those into a testimony. He doesn't want you to just have to be able to forget about them and, and like it never happened it's no it's no big deal it doesn't affect me at all i'm totally good he wants the goal to be whole but he's doing a work on the inside of you and the holy spirit has a plan and a perfect look the holy spirit is this it says that he will guide you in all truth look at john 14 verse 26 says but the helper he's our helper through all the circumstances through all the trials through all the tribulations whatever's happening he's the helper the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. 
about yourself, about the situation, about the circumstance. If he's going to teach me all things, it means he doesn't just fix everything right away. He's going to show me what's going on in the situation. He's going to point out a lie that I've been believing for decades in my life. And he wants me to stop believing that lie and he wants to remove that lie. He wants to bring healing and wholeness into my life. And that's his ultimate goal. That's what he wants to go do. Not just fix your problems right away. The true problem is not the circumstance in which you're in. The true problem many times is a heart issue that he wants to restore and make whole. To bring true health, wholeness, and healing in our lives. So is the Holy Spirit working in a different way? Bow your heads with me this morning. Lord, we thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are, for what you've done, and that you love us. Lord, and even though it's hard, we thank you that you love us so much that you won't fix all of our problems immediately because you truly want us to be healthy and whole so that we can be just more effective in your kingdom to have a testimony to share with others. And Lord, as we go about our lives and our days, our weeks, our months, Lord, that we would remember these questions, that we would ask these questions, but that we wouldn't for a second, wouldn't for a second believe that you are not with us, you are not for us, that you do not, that you are always there, and that you love us, and that you care for us. And Lord, reveal to us situations and circumstances as to the reasons why something isn't happening as fast or in the way that we thought it would, in the way that we want it to, or even in the way that we feel like we need it to. Lord, that we would trust you. That we would trust in how you are resolving the situation. Now, Lord, when we use the name of Jesus and we stand in our believer's authority, you are moving. You are working. And it may not be exactly the way we wanted it or thought it was going to turn out, Lord, but you are working on our behalf because you love us, because you care about us. Lord, we know that your goal is whole. And we thank you that that is what you want in our lives. Father, if there are lies that we're believing, that you would reveal those to us through your Holy Spirit. If there is sin in our life that's creating a circumstance or a consequence, Lord, that you would reveal that to us. You would show it to us. And that in the name of Jesus, you would help us break that sin and that bondage. And Lord, that those lies that we've been believing for weeks and months and years, that we'd begin to see 
that they truly are from the enemy. And they do not line up with your word and what you have said and spoken over us. And those lies that we're not good enough, we're not strong enough, we're not capable enough, that we would begin to believe those because that's in our own strength, Lord, but that we would remember that because of you, we are strong enough. Because of you, we are capable. Because of you, we are able to do what you've called us to do. Father, I speak a blessing on every marriage in this place today. Over every child in this place today. Over every grandparent, every aunt, every uncle. Over this family of God, we pray a blessing today. In your precious name. Amen. If you will look up here, <clears throat> I'm going to speak what I've done over you guys for the past every week of this series. I'm going to do it again today. So I want you to just be in complete agreement with this. Can we do that this morning? Here we go. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. For it is written that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And because you are bound, Satan, you and all your demonic forces may not come against this church, this people, these families. You are bound away from us and our families. We are covered and we are cleansed with the blood of Jesus. And Satan, you may not steal, you may not kill, you may not destroy our property, our families, and our relationships in Jesus' name. And I remind you, Satan, this morning, as I remind you every day that you are defeated and that I and we and all of us are victorious in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen, amen. I have some prayer leaders that are going to come up here. They'll be able to pray with you for any situation, circumstance, healing, whatever it is. As they come up, I just want to read this benediction over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. And amen. You guys are dismissed. And I will see you all next Sunday, not here, but over there, First Assembly. <clears throat> okay. Have a good week.